Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions. Each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Today, we're going to be hearing directly from two college students, Maya and Emma, who are managing and thriving at college with food allergies. We will explore dining, roommates, and dating, just to name a few topics. Before we start today's show, I just want to take a moment to thank the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology for their kind sponsorship and for their support throughout the years. Welcome, Maya and Emma. I am so excited to host both of you today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Well, this is very exciting for all of us because it's not often we get two college students together to educate and speak to us. Again, thank you. We're going to dive straight in here. So first of all, I would love if you two can help listeners get to know both of you. So can each of you briefly describe when you developed your food allergies and then share what year of college you're in right now? Maya, can you start us off? Sure. So hi, everyone. I'm Maya Kanoff. I'm a sophomore at Syracuse University in New York. I was diagnosed with food allergies when I was nine months old. And I have had multiple food allergies my whole life. I used to be allergic to dairy, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, sesame, shellfish, and mustard. And now I've gotten my list down to just eggs, peanuts, and tree nuts, which is super exciting. And so that's the allergies that I'm currently managing at college. Thank you, Maya. Okay, Emma, let's get to know you. Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Emma Sorrentino. I am a first-year student at the University of Vermont. I developed my food allergies just shy of my first birthday. I'm allergic to peanuts, and I also avoid all tree nuts. Thank you. So, Maya, I'm going to turn back to you to lead us off in this discussion here. So before you were heading to college, how did you prepare in terms of managing your food allergies And I want you to know this is also a very selfish question from me because my daughter is going to be heading to college in August. I am going to make sure she listens to you because she knows and respects you. Thank you. That means a lot. I went about the college process kind of thinking about all of the other things in addition to my food allergies. So I had a ton of other things that I wanted from a college, academics and different kinds of clubs. And so I looked for that first. And then I decided I felt that whatever school I thought was best for me, I would make it work with my food allergies. So I ended up getting really lucky in that the school that I loved and where I ended up accepting and going to Syracuse University happens to be amazing with food allergies. And I, as soon as I got accepted, started talking to the disabilities office and just figuring out how we were going to go about 
any sort of accommodations and how I could eat safely in the dining halls. All of the staff was super helpful. I had a lot of help from my mom as well, who has helped me get to this point in managing my food allergies. I committed to Syracuse in May of my senior year. And then right away, I started getting in contact with the school about my food allergies. So for us, we started with the Office of Disability Services. And we found out that certain documents that I needed from my doctor. And so we worked with my allergist to get those forms filled out and signed so that I could be assigned a counselor in the disabilities office, who is the person who I can go to, to kind of streamline any sort of questions that I have. And then once I found out where I was living, I forget exactly when that was. Sometime over the summer, I got assigned a dorm. And so then once I knew that, I talked to the manager of the dining hall in that dorm specifically, who was going to be the, the place where I ate the most on campus to figure out how to go about that. So my dining hall was almost entirely nut-free with the exception of little portion-controlled sealed cups of peanut butter was the only sort of peanut or trina anywhere in the dining hall. And everything that they ever had in the dining hall had labeling online where I could read any other allergens that were in it. And so it ended up being super helpful and easy to navigate. But that contact of the dining hall manager is who I always went back to when I had questions, if I wanted to see full ingredient lists, or if I wanted to know what was going to be on the menu, and I had any sort of questions, I always could reach out to him. Thank you. Emma, can you tell us now how you prepared for college? Yeah, so I did some similar things to Maya. When I was doing the college search, my food allergies were not my number one priority, which I know a lot of parents listening might not want to hear. Like Maya said, a lot of other factors were very important to me. And I knew that most schools at this point are very good with allergies. That being said, when I was taking tours, I would ask the tour guide or if I had access to other staff members, I would ask them questions about dining and accessibility. I was a little bit more aware I maybe than Maya during the, the process. Like Maya said, I wanted to find a school that could accommodate me in everything. So that being said, once I did narrow down my schools to my top few, I had more in-depth conversations with dining staff or the nutritionist. So specifically at the University of Vermont, where I ended up going, during my accepted student stay visit, I actually had the opportunity to eat in the dining hall. After talking to the nutritionist, I was shown how the food in the dining hall was all labeled and the chefs were very willing to talk to students about ingredients and stuff like that. So I got to see how my eating situation would be before I even accepted University of Vermont, which was very helpful to me in feeling comfortable in that decision. So I would recommend if you have that opportunity, definitely seek it out. It made a big difference for me just knowing that they were willing and caring enough to do so. I would recommend that if you have the opportunity. Thank you, Emma. That's really good advice. It's very practical. And so now, Emma, I have a question for you. So once you got on campus, did you have a contact for the dining services or did you have to establish one? How did you handle that once you arrived at campus? Yeah, so at the University of Vermont, we have registered nutritions and dietitians that 
work very closely with our dining facilities. So I talked to the nutritionist actually before I got to campus about how my dining situation would go. And she was very clear in that anytime I did have a question, I was more than welcome to email her or call or set up an appointment with the office. So that was very helpful in calming both my nerves and especially my mom's about sending me off to a new place. But luckily enough at the University of Vermont, similar to Maya's situation, my dining hall is almost all nut-free and peanut-free. So I haven't had too many run-ins where I felt uncomfortable or, or like I needed to really reach out and figure something out. Thank you for that advice. And you know what? You're spot on. As parents, we like to worry. So it really does calm us down to know it's all good. So now let's talk about roommates, new friends, and faculty. How did you tell people about your food allergies? What did it feel like when you explained your allergies? And most of all, were you nervous or matter of fact? Like, how did you deliver this information? And, you know, Maya, why don't you go ahead and take this question? Sure. So I actually found my roommate through mutual friends. So that was a big help in going through the process. I didn't have a random roommate. I met my roommate and we started talking a lot and texting and FaceTiming. And pretty early on, as soon as I felt comfortable, I brought it up pretty casually in conversation at first. And she was super receptive and wanted to know more about how she could keep me safe. She ended up getting her own fridge to keep in the room instead of sharing one with me just because that made her more comfortable, even though that's not even something that I would have ever thought to ask her to do. But she did that and she would never have nuts in the room. Again, I didn't want to make it too hard for her. And so certain of my allergens, like my dairy allergy at the time, I was comfortable if she had that in the room, but things like nuts, I wasn't. And so I just told her that. And I made sure to tell her that before we committed to being roommates, because I didn't want her to be stuck with me and then say, by the way, you can't have this, this and this. I hope that's okay. I made sure to bring it up pretty early on and she was super helpful. And once we got to school, she made sure she always knew where my extra EpiPens were in the room just in case. And I showed her how to use an EpiPen trainer when we were on campus just in case. She was super helpful. And I had a great experience living with her, which can be really scary going into it because it's your first time living away from home. And my mom was super nervous about me being away from home. But having that great roommate, really, I just got so lucky with her. And then it was pretty similar when I started making new friends at school. I would try and bring it up as casually as possible and as early on as I could to make them feel comfortable and to make them not feel overwhelmed. So maybe if we were going to get lunch in the dining hall, I would bring it up when we were sitting eating food because that's a really natural place to have a conversation about allergies. Again, with my friends, it was the same way. They were all super receptive to everything I was telling them. And even to this day, just the other day, I was hanging out with some friends for the Super Bowl. And when I got to my friend's apartment where we were, she said, Maya, I left all the labels of everything on the counter. You can go in and read them. So they're really great. And I just have an awesome group of friends at school that have become a support system for me. And actually, my roommate, who was so amazing last year, I actually had a reaction very early on freshman year, which was super scary. My first reaction alone away from home. And she came with me to the ER and sat there all night with me, which was, again, more than I could have ever asked from a roommate, especially 
at that early point in the year. So I've definitely been really lucky with my support system here at school. Well, it also sounds to you set yourself up in a way to receive that support system too. You did a good job. Thank you. How about faculty when you go into classes? Or I believe you had some labs this last year too. Do you have to let your professors know ahead of time? Because I'm a part of the Office of Disability Services, if I wanted to let professors know, it would go through the office. They would send out an accommodation letter to the faculty. But I didn't ask them to do that because I wanted it to be a more personal thing. In my big lecture classes, I didn't even tell my professors freshman year in like huge 250 seat lectures because that was not really like a close relationship that we had. And I didn't think it was necessary because I didn't feel the need. But in my smaller classes, like discussion rooms, and I did have a lab. And so actually, I found it most important in my lab. My first day in the lab last year, I went to the TA afterwards and I just let them know, listen, I have allergies. And if there's ever going to be any sort of thing uh, or experiment, if I could just like know ahead of time what the things are we're using the lab, because sometimes there could be hidden allergens and things like that. And so luckily, the way our labs are set up, we get the list of everything we're using for the whole semester. And so that was really easy to navigate. And I also just had to check with them that like the gloves in the lab were non-latex because I also have a latex allergy. So that was something extra that I had to think about. Uh, I really only brought it up to professors when I thought it was necessary in like smaller settings. You mentioned the Disability Services Office. Can you explain to listeners what that is and why it's important to establish a relationship with this department? Sure. So for me, the way it works at my school is I have one specific counselor assigned to me through the Disabilities Office. I met with them at the very beginning of freshman year just to go over any sort of accommodations that I would need. Some people can use it to get single housing if that's what they want, but I didn't want that. I wanted to be with a roommate. I didn't use them for that, but I use them more just general things. So I have an accommodation where it states that if I'm ever in the hospital from an allergic reaction, I should be allowed extra time on assignments that maybe do the next day. And so things like that, really any sort of thing that I may need, if I needed any extra assistance with dining or something like that, then my counselor can kind of streamline the process and get me in touch with the people that I need to speak to. But I have a very small list of accommodations. It's really just that one about uh, missing class and or assignments due to an unknown reaction. Thank you. Excellent, excellent answer. Of course. So Emma, we all know that the recommendation is to carry two epinephrine auto-injectors. So now how do you carry your life-saving epinephrine? And then how do you stay prepared and ready for a reaction? Yeah, so I carry OBQ. And of course, I always have two on hand. The way in which I carry it changes with my setting. So if I'm off at classes or in the library, it's right in the side pocket of my backpack, like right where my water bottle should go, because I have two of those. So that's an easy access. It's visible from the outside. So I keep that there. And then if I'm skiing, because I'm in Vermont, so we ski a lot, I have a specific pocket in my coat that it's always in. And I've told my friends who I ski with how to get to it if I need it on the mountain. I found that The biggest way that I feel I stay prepared is, of course, bringing my epinephrine everywhere, but always being around someone who knows how to use it. Like Maya said pretty early on, 
When I was making new friends, I did teach them how to use it. Or if they had any questions, I still get asked all the time, what does that do? So I, I like to have a friend nearby in, in a group of people or at, at an activity that knows how to administer epinephrine if I need it. And I know not everyone has OBQ, but I found that it does make me feel a little bit safer because I know that it can talk someone through exactly what to do if they've never done it before or are nervous or don't even know me. I, I feel more prepared having the Avihu who can talk them through it when I might not be able to talk. Very sage advice. I have a short story to share with you. When I was visiting my son on Parents Weekend in freshman year, I heard from another student who said that his brother was at another college and his friend had an allergic reaction and he didn't know where the epinephrine was. And he explained that that was the longest two minutes of his life trying to find his friend's epinephrine auto injector in the dorm room. So I commend you for sharing that tip. I try to tell as many people that story as possible that people want to know uh, because it is horrifying to be there when someone's having a reaction and there's nothing you can do when there is something you can do. So thank you so much, Emma, for sharing that. My next question for both of you is about dating, because everyone wants to know about this. How does one go about dating in college with a food allergy? Maya, if you can start the discussion, and then we'll get Emma teamed in here. Sure. So I actually have not ever really dated yet. So I have never had a boyfriend. I really haven't dated much. But from what I have learned from others with food allergies who are older than me who have gone through it is it's so similar to just making new friends. You always want to bring it up as soon as you can in the process of meeting someone, whether it's a friend or a romantic partner, because it really is important for them to know what you're allergic to and what anaphylaxis looks like and how it can happen. Because if you're going to be spending a lot of time with that person, they need to know all those things about you. And I also know that it is a great way to vet people. If this is someone that you're interested in as a romantic partner, but they're not willing to listen to conversations about your allergies, or they're not willing to do certain things to keep you safe, then they're probably not a great person for you to be dating anyway, because if they care about you, then they're going to care about keeping you safe, whatever they need to do. Beautiful advice. All parents want to hear that. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Now, Emma, how about you? Um, I would say I greatly agree with Maya. For me personally, bringing it up either before the first date or during the first date is like my go-to just because not only is that something really important, it's a big part of my life. It's something that dictates almost everything in my everyday. Things that most people wouldn't have to think about, I do. So it's really important for that person to know... (laughs) kind of what they're getting into and know that they too are going to have to make sacrifices um, in their own eating habits. So I think telling the person almost right away is just easier Then you don't have to build up anxiety about it. The more you get to know them, the more you might feel like pressure about the situation. So I think getting it out of the way sooner than later is very advantageous. And I just want to expand on something that Maya said. She said that Telling people about your food allergies early on is a good way to assess the intentions of a person. Because I have had experiences 
on both sides of that spectrum. So one time I told the person that I was talking to and they did not have a very great reaction and they were not good about it further into the relationship. And that was a source of a lot of stress for me. So I learned from that experience. And then I've had great experiences where I've told people and they are really receptive, want to learn, ask me about my obvious, how to use them, ask me what a reaction looks like. So I think it is a really great way to kind of know if someone is a empathetic, caring person. So I guess we kind of look out in that sense. Really important advice. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing so authentically. So now before we wrap up, is there anything you would like people to know about food allergies and college? Start with you, Maya. Yeah, sure. So I think the biggest thing that I could share and the thing that's been most helpful for me is just really making sure to be my own advocate. Because growing up when I was home and I had my mom there with me, she did a lot of the work for me in the beginning in talking to waiters and things like that. And now obviously I'm out on my own at college. And so learning to do that all on my own has been super important learning. Obviously, I started the process before I left for college. But now that I'm fully independent, there's just that little added stress of, oh, I don't have my mom here if I need her. So it's really just getting more comfortable with speaking up for yourself. And whether that's at a restaurant with a waiter or telling your friends about it, but also that there are still people there to help you if you need help. There's been so many times where I've called home to my mom and asked her, hey, listen, I'm calling this restaurant to find out about ingredients. Can you just stay on the line with me in case I have any uh, questions that I need your help with or reaching out to the dining hall people on my own and just saying, listen, I need help with this. I'd say, yeah, be an advocate for yourself, but don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. Excellent response. Thank you so much. Emma, do you have any words of wisdom you would like to share? Well, Maya kind of took the words right out of my mouth, but expanding upon that, don't be afraid to seek out those services that we talked about, like the disability center or the dietitian, whatever the case may be at your school. Don't be afraid to reach out. They're there to help you. That's their whole job. They want you to be comfortable where you where you're living. Um And don't be afraid to keep having conversations with people. So don't be afraid to keep reminding your roommate. Don't be afraid to keep going to the disability service center. Or don't be afraid to keep asking dining hall staff. Because the more you communicate with others, the more they will come to understand and the more that you will feel comfortable where you are. So like Maya said, be your own advocate and don't be afraid to to make sure that you're safe. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Again, you guys are so busy. I know it was really hard to find time for both of you to meet with me. And so I just appreciate your time so much. But most of all, I really appreciate how honest you were because people like my daughter will be listening and they look up to people like you. And so we appreciate you helping to educate the next generation. And also we appreciate you helping calm down parents like me who love to worry. So thank you, ladies. I hope to see you once again on the show and you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. I know I've learned so much from older people with food allergies and I just want to be able to do the same thing for more kids. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always a blast to talk about allergies, as we all know. Best of luck to everyone in their college experience. It's really a fun time. 
You can find more information about heading to college with food allergies on our FACT website at foodallergyawareness.org under the Education tab. Again, we want to thank the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology for sponsoring this week's FACTS Roundtable podcast. Thank you for listening to FACTS Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.